I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with tech expert, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Amber MacArthur, who is also one of my regular guests on The Marilyn Dennis Show. I'll also be speaking with media editor for BuzzFeed News, Craig Silverman. He's the reporter who broke the skincare product endorsement scam that was circulating last year when they used my name and image without my permission. Both Amber and Craig are going to reveal the tools that we need to navigate through this new normal of living our lives online and how we can protect ourselves from scams and fake news. Okay, let's get this podcast started with Amber MacArthur. Hi, Amber. Hi, Marilyn. <laughs> Do you get headaches too? I mean, tell it. I mean, you know everything. Yeah, no, I absolutely do get headaches. Uh, just before uh, I got on this uh, video call with you, my husband uh, taught our 11-year-old how to shoot me with elastics. So uh, I was sitting here as target practice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so how are you balancing uh, work life and home life? How is that going besides the onslaught of elastic bands? I, I think for everybody, it's really a different experience for me personally at home. I've uh, enjoyed my time at home, but of course that means that there's a lot more juggling of different tasks going on. It's uh, harder to focus on one thing at a time. And I would also say that uh, there's the, that added pressure, of course, Marilyn, that I also have to do things like cleaning the house and, and doing all of my work and helping with online schooling. So I know we've seen the stats, but I think women are also taking on uh, the majority of a lot of those things at home. Home, which is that added stress. What's your day in the life? Let's just say today you're talking to me, obviously, but what time do you get up in the morning? What time do you, you know, work with your 11 year old, have some nice time with your, your husband? How does that work? I think uh, for our days, I mean, they've become a, a bit of a routine, which is nice. So that means that uh, in the morning, we all wake up around 7 or 7.30 at the latest. And then I try to get some work done. My son starts virtual school at 9 a.m. And he does some schooling till 11. And then he has some in the afternoon as well. So I try to book all of my meetings in the morning between uh, 9 and 11, whether there are calls or TV interviews. I try to tell people as well who want to chat with me that if you want to have a call, I don't have an hour to do a call. So there's been a lot of expectation setting for people, colleagues and friends and family as well. What is the most asked question of you this week? Because every week I'm talking to therapists, home decor, fashion people. What's the most asked question of Amber MacArthur this week? The, the number one question that uh, I'm getting asked continues to be around making video calls and, and is it safe to do video calls? I think a lot of people feel a lot of stress around using Zoom and other platforms and they're not sure how to protect themselves. So that continues over the weeks to be really the thing that people keep emailing me about. They're worried about their privacy and their security. And uh, I think that everyone just feels overwhelmed. That's probably the best way to describe it. Right, right. Now, when you talk about home office and having these conversations with people, you tell us to pick a room with a door, which I think is <laughs> the right idea, right? You have to do that. Get some privacy. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the interesting thing right now, Marilyn, is that we're all being told to work from home and yet our homes are not set up as places of work. And so what ends up happening is that we have to figure things out along the way and we have to find places where we can go. And for a lot of people, uh, they may want to work at the kitchen table when their kids are at school, but that's certainly not the right place when the kids are at home. And so I really recommend that 
you find a quiet place in your home that that has a door that you can close. And even if it's a corner of your bedroom, I've even heard of parents going to their car to make conference calls because it's the only place where they can have some quiet. Or go for a walk if you can and do that, if, if that's possible. I mean, just to just to get away from it and also concentrate. I don't know about you, but if I have something else going on on a video call, my attention goes to that something else. And you need to be focused when you're talking to somebody for sure. Yeah. And, and I have to say, too, that, uh, you know, video calls are, are great, uh, but you don't have to do video calls all the time to continue to work from home or keep in touch with people. I think that's one thing that people are feeling right now. It's that Zoom fatigue where they are feeling pressure mm-hmm. to always be always having their houses looking perfect, always having things quiet. I mean, that's not reality for any of us, myself included. No kidding. I hear you. Connection is everything. We've learned that by moving the Marilyn Dennis show to my living room and connecting with people like yourself and people in London and Italy, all over the world. Uh, So the best thing is uh, the best, the first question I have for you is how can we get the best signal for our Wi-Fi. What do we need to do? Because I think some of us have to rethink that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the the second question that I'm getting asked is, uh, how do I improve the Wi-Fi in my house? Because everybody wants to work and game and stream and and do school all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that you can do. Uh, Number one is uh, make sure that your devices are in good working shape before you even get to your Wi-Fi, Marilyn. So oftentimes you could have too many tabs open on your computer, or maybe you haven't restarted your computer for a while. So the first thing that I recommend is to restart your devices, because it could be device-specific specific and not your Wi-Fi. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a really good practice to get into. I restart my computer every single day, just again, so I have that fresh connection. And the second thing I would recommend in terms of the Wi-Fi connection is uh, make sure that your router, uh, that's the thing that gives you wireless access, is in a central place in your home. Many people put these routers in the basement, uh, sometimes even in a closet, and they're not able to reach all corners of your house. So you want to think about the placement of that router as well. Well, because we don't find it attractive. So we put it someplace in the corner where we don't have to see it, right? (laughs) That's absolutely true. And I mean, I think right now is to really think about where that router might be. Ideally, it's in the the center of the house or the middle floor. Maybe you need even to invest in a new router. There's lots of new technology out there. Uh, So that's that's another piece of the puzzle. And Mm -hmm. and I also recommend constantly testing your speeds to understand places Uh, in the house where you have problems. And there's lots of free tools to do that. So that it's this this kind of idea is both for like some of my friends that live outside, like live in the country, are having problems with that. Is there a, is it the same kind of rules that you're talking about living the urban life? Same kind of idea. Generally speaking, the troubleshooting is the same in terms of rural and urban areas. But what I will say is that there's a huge divide in this country right now where if you live in a rural area, you're just not going to have access to Internet that is necessarily as fast as what people are getting in urban areas. I'm hoping over the next little while that that divide uh, lessens because it is a huge issue right now. If you're in a rural Mm -hmm. area and you're having a lot of trouble and you absolutely need to upload a document or do something, there's always that option Mm -hmm. to turn uh, your phone into a, a, a Wi-Fi hotspot. So you can use your cellular signal and people don't realize that that can often be a, a lot faster and speedier uh, than your home Wi-Fi, especially in certain areas. So upgrades, where you put your router, uh, shut things down, uh, get rid of all the, the apps that you have that you don't need, like just clean things up a little bit 
and start all over again pretty much every day, don't you think? I, I think it really is every day. And I would also say if you have a really important video call that you have to do, uh, you may want to ask people in your house to not be online streaming if you know that your internet for some reason can't handle it. So there are things that you can do to troubleshoot those issues that come up. And I don't think a lot of people have noticed these issues to this extent until now. So it's a real awakening for many people that, that Wi-Fi is really in many ways a necessity. It's a necessity. I know that when I'm doing this with you, that my husband, when he is home and not at the hospital, he has to, he can't be on Wi-Fi. All right. Let's see if, um, let's talk about Zoom calls, Zoom fatigue. I'm, I'm hearing that phrase so much now these days, but more importantly, there was a thing, there's a hesitation about your space and, and exposing it during a Zoom call. What if you're not comfortable with that? What, what do you suggest we do? There, there's a few things that you can actually do. So, so I, I would say that in Zoom, you do have the option to change your background to a virtual background. And uh, that means that people won't see your home if that's what makes you uncomfortable. Within Skype, they also have that feature where you can blur your background. So that's an option as well. But Marilyn, I, I think this is something that I would recommend to people too. And, and this is something that I've had to get better at over the years is just telling people what you're comfortable with. I mean, you can say no to a video call if you want to. Mm -hmm. and, and and I've mm -hmm. struggled saying no to things. And it's something as I get older, I, I'm doing uh, more easily. But uh, again, I think that comes back to that expectation setting. If there's colleagues who want you to do a video call every day for an hour and you can't do it, it's time to say no to these things. And, and, and that's okay. People will respect that. At least most people will. Yeah, the, 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 it's not only the background in exposing what your home looks like or what you look like, you know, with the roots coming in, whatever, you got to kind of throw that away. But it's also about respecting the amount of time that you were speaking with somebody on, uh, on Zoom or when you're, when you're on the phone with them. For example, when you're at work, you finish work, you say goodbye to everybody, you come home and you put your keys on the table and you start your home life. If that's getting diluted, if that's getting in a gray area, that's when you have to speak up, I believe, to say to people, I have a family to take care of. I have things I have to do personally, so I'm good up until a certain time of day. And then after that, I'm offline. Do you agree? I 100% agree. You know, I have to tell you, I had a, a really bad experience recently where someone reached out to me to have a call with me about some new business opportunity. And I told him, uh, I'll do the call, but I only have 30 minutes. And he said, I need an hour of your time. And I said, I just, I'm sorry, I don't have an hour. You know, I'm homeschooling, I'm working, I'm running a business. And he said to me, yeah. well, I'm going to wait until you have an hour. And, and he came back to me and said, everybody else he talked to had an hour for him. And he was really put off and quite aggressive. And, and again, I think the people who you want to talk to and work for and do business with, they'll understand that these are different times and they'll respect your decision because you're exactly right. Time is different for everyone right now. And many of us need to prioritize our, our health and, and our children's learning. For sure. For sure. We want to make sure home life is still as good as it can be during these very difficult times. So tips on how we can set boundaries and create some balance. Avoid Zoom fatigue by just saying, look, guys, I, I'm not available or Say that one more time so people can use your words when they have to say those words. If you're not prepared to do a, a Zoom call or a video call, you just need to be upfront with people and tell people that uh, you would prefer just to do an audio call on your computer or on your phone. And I think just being clear about that is really important in terms of people understanding, understanding what you can do right now and your limitations as well. 
Right. Your schedule, your request flexibility, you have to be very aware of that too. Try a, do your AirPods fall out of your ears as much as they fall out of mine? Because they fall out of my ears all the time. My left ear is not with the program. Hang on. Let me get down here and get it. This is reality, right? This is reality. Uh, uh, one of the points that you made was try a focus app. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So uh, again, I think we're finding that we have these shorter amounts of time to work on certain things and we don't have these long periods like if we were at work in a day. So there's an app that I wanted to uh, mention and it's called uh, yeah. Pomodoro Timer. And what's really great about it is, is that if you know you have a couple of tasks to do, you can set a timer and uh, say that you're going to do that task within the next five or 10 minutes. I, I think I can speak for a lot of people at home right now and say that there's a lot of distractions in our home right now. Like maybe you want to cook mm -hmm. or, 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 or clean. And so I think having something where you're able to focus on one thing is really helpful because there's just so much to do in the house right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. It's so true. Set a daily or weekly exercise goal. Uh, so tell me about like seven minute workout you're saying. How do you do it? What do you do? Because you're, you're always fit. Well, I, I don't feel so fit right now. So I want to be realistic about the time that everybody has on hand right now. And I find having a just a mini goal is really helpful. So the seven minute workout app, I love because you only need seven minutes and you can choose different areas of your body that you want to focus mm -hmm. on. So that's manageable for a lot of people, seven minutes. I also wanted to recommend the uh, couch to 5k app. I just started using that. And over the course of a month, uh, it will train you in terms of uh, walking walking and running and gradually getting up to the point where you could run 5k. It has a bunch of excellent reviews wow. and it's really helpful if you just need a goal. It's excellent. Okay. Say that again. So it's the couch to 5k app. So we can look that up the and the seven minute workout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the, the couch to 5k app uh, will help you set that goal of a wow. 5k run and it starts with walking and running. So it's manageable for, for anyone, even if you don't have any running experience. And since we can be outside safely, this is again, mm -hmm. this gets back to having those mini goals. And I also really love the seven minute workout app because that allows you to work out in seven minutes. And sometimes that's all we have. <laughs> that's all you have. And also, I think you feel better. Find resources to help you say. Yeah, I, I think the good news is that there are resources that do exist out there. And uh, I've recommended this site before for parents. It's called Common Sense Media. And they have a new podcast called Parent Trapped, which I think is the best name ever. And uh, the idea behind that is to help parents who are at home and feel that, you know, in some ways they're kind of trapped because they have to balance all these different things. Make freedom lists. Tell me about that. What's on your freedom list? Yeah, so uh, I, I did this recently, actually, for my mom, I had written a post on social media, and it was the top five things that my mom and I are going to do when we get to see each other again. And it's Aww. so strange, but it felt so good, Marilyn, because I, I recognize that there will be a day when I'll, I'll get to spend time with her. But it felt good just putting those out there. And she was like, where's that list? I need to print that list off. And so we can start to check it off when we get a chance to see each other. So those freedom lists, I love this idea, because it's hard to predict the future, but at some point you'll be able to do all of those things that you missed. Oh, I love that. I love that forward thinking. So positive. Just make a call. How about pick up the phone, call, right? <laughs> I have to give credit to someone else for this because I was talking about all this new tech and I think I was online somewhere and someone said, what about the phone? The phone still works. And I thought that is a very good point. 
It's uh, low tech. And for many people, that's all that they have. And so I think even scheduling phone calls and recognizing that that smartphone that you have with you actually does make phone calls. <laughs> so uh, we don't use it for that sometimes, but it works for that as well. Very quickly, I want to talk about, and this is a, a subject matter onto itself, but the way that the internet is changing, there's so many things. It is working from home is definitely the new reality. What else did you want to add to that? I think it's really interesting to see working from home becoming a reality for many businesses. Uh, I would also say that when it comes to technology, what we're seeing is a real acceleration with technology right now. Marilyn, we've talked about artificial intelligence and robotics and automation and all these things on the show before, but I think we're actually going to see those happen over the next few months and years much more quickly than pre-COVID-19. And what about Twitter and the fake news? Tell us a little bit about that before we have to wrap this uh, conversation up. Twitter has recognized that uh, there is a massive issue with uh, misinformation and disinformation on their platform. So they just introduced a feature that will label if, in fact, there is some sort of tweet uh, that uh, could be untrue in terms of the information that is shared there. So we're going to start to see more and more of these labels on these tweets. And it applies to everybody. Uh, so the idea mm -hmm. is that they're trying to fight the issue we have right now with fake news. And hopefully that will make Twitter a little bit better of a place. Well, you make it a better place because you help us navigate through all of this new stuff that's new to a lot of us. Working from home isn't maybe, but all this tech. And thank you for keeping us up to date. Amber, I wish you well. I hope you get to see your mom soon. We'll see you soon, too. Stay safe. Thanks so much, Marilyn. Where can people follow you, Amber MacArthur? Uh, everywhere uh, at Amber Mac across all the social networks. And I'll do my best to answer any tech questions. I, I, I get a lot and I try to answer most of them. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I like following you. And I don't expect an hour from you. I only got 16 minutes. I'm okay with that. Thank you. <laughs> don't yell at me, Marilyn. <laughs> I'm never going to awesome. yell at you. There's nothing to yell at. I love Thanks, it. <laughs> okay, there's lots more to talk about when it comes to fake news and online scams. Let's bring in the media editor for BuzzFeed News, Craig Silverman. Hi, Craig. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, listen, I always like seeing you, but I usually talk to you when there's another bit of a problem. Um, how are you holding up during all this time? It's it's a weird time. You know, I, I work from home and I've got our six-year-old and nine-year-old with me while my wife goes and works at a hospital. So, you know, we're making do just like everybody well, else. You really are. You really are. Uh, is it common for online scams to resurface? I, I know mine has. It really is, unfortunately. I mean, the, the reality is that the scammers watch what each other are doing. And when a combo of a celebrity and a skincare cream, as in your case, works for one company, other scammers are going to see that and they're going to try it. And even after it gets exposed and maybe, you know, there's legal letters and things like that, they just kind of lay low and then they come back later and they hope that you won't notice and they try to, you know, grab as much money as they can in that short period. And how do they grab the money? Let's describe how they do that. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, what people are going to see is an ad on a website or in particular on Facebook, it's going to have your photo. It's going to make a claim about you, like you're leaving your show, some kind of outrageous claim about a celebrity. And then that takes them to a page that looks like a real news article that talks all about how the celebrity has, you know, invented this amazing new cream or what have you, gets them to pay money. 
And the last scam, aside from the lies about the celebrity connection, is that they say you can just pay for a free trial for $3.99 or $4.99. But what they don't tell you is they're signing you up to a monthly subscription that's probably going to bill you about $90 to $100 a month, every month, until you can cancel. And so when you, and a lot of people, I, I know this from my conversation before, Craig, is a lot of people don't check their uh, credit card uh, bills every every month. So some month they could actually charge you 50 bucks one month they could charge you a hundred bucks and that's, that's how right they get you money it, it is people don't notice it and the other part of it is you know it, it doesn't necessarily show up on your credit card bill as Marilyn Dennis skincare uh, so that they can sort of remember like oh yeah right wait a second um, it's a generic kind of company name and a lot of people who aren't looking at their bill are gonna not know about it and the people who are looking at their bill are gonna be like hmm I, I mean I guess I paid for something around then and not really remember what it's connected to. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that a lot of people that have signed up for this cream have done it, that there are more Zoomers than they are uh, younger people, although that happens too. So how can we advise our, our, you know, mothers, aunts not to do this? What do we say to them? Yeah. You know, it, it is the unfortunate reality um, that older folks tend to be targeted. They get targeted with the ads because you can choose who to target on Facebook with it. And so the first thing for people to be really aware of is that if there is a claim of a celebrity endorsement, you could go to that celebrity's website, you know, the site of your TV show, for example, and check to see if there's any mention of this product. You should also Google the name of the product and the name of the celebrity and see if people are talking about getting ripped off, getting scammed. Um, and be really wary of, you know, the URL, the website address of where they send you. If, you. if it looks like it's People Magazine, but the website address is something completely different, then you're not on People Magazine. So what do you mean by that? So you're looking at, just to, just to give us another description of that, the URL is, for those that don't know. Yeah, so when you're on a website, it's, it's you know, MarilynDennis.com, for example, or ctv.ca. Um, that is the address with the www, the name, and then the .ca, the .com after it. So that is the web address of the website that they actually take you to where you're going to pay for the skincare cream or what have you. And if that's not a reputable and, and recognizable address, then it's probably not connected to that celebrity. Yeah, yeah. We just really have to be wary of all that stuff. And I, I've already had a couple of complaints saying I've lost X amount of dollars and we're doing all we can at CTV to find who these people are with your assistance. But it's very, very difficult. Somebody said to me, it's like playing whack-a-mole, you know. So at the end, when you know that your money, you're being ripped off, what do you do? You, you probably will not get your money back. You won't. Uh, do you cancel your credit card, Craig? What do you do? A lot will end up having to cancel their credit card because they can't figure out how to connect the original company that they bought from. Again, the scammers are very smart about this. They make it difficult for you to figure out the number you need to call or the email address you need to contact. So one option, unfortunately, is canceling your credit card number. You can also try calling your credit card company and filing a complaint and seeing if they will reimburse you. That doesn't always happen, but you know, it is really worth a try. And of course, you know, you can also uh, note the, the Canadian Anti-Fraud center, which is operated by police forces in the country. If you can alert them, then this is something they can look into as well. This is what we say. If you don't see this product on Maryland.ca, then it's, I'm not endorsing it. You know, same thing with Chum Radio, like Chum 104.5 Chum. It's the same idea. If, if I don't say something on the air or the company doesn't, then I don't endorse it. 
Popular scams currently circulating on the internet. Here we go. I don't know if there's more now because of this pandemic. Is there more now, would you say? This is a, a massive global opportunity for online scammers. Um, that is the unfortunate wow. reality. You have an event where everybody is focused on it. And also we're really worried, we're uncertain, we're fearful. So they're just, they're just rolling right in, um, whether it's selling you know, fake uh, cures, whether it's selling overpriced face masks, whether it's tricking people out of money through scams or you know, pretending to be a government agency, they are having a field day and it's, and it's a really unfortunate scenario. Uh, one uh, that you want to bring uh, to us is e-commerce scams like safe masks, the website selling masks that were never real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We did an investigation. We found that over a billion emails had been sent out to people advertising this mask called Safe Mask, uh, telling them that it would protect them and all of these kinds of claims. And most people never received their mask. The mask that they put in the picture was not one that they were sending. And in many cases, it was not to be used in countries like the US or in some cases in Canada. And so we have massive scams. We published another article uh, about you know, a company in Malaysia running tons and tons of Facebook uh, ads for masks and never delivering them for people. So be aware of these, these offers for products of where you're ordering from and whether they, they ever arrive or not. How does Facebook sleep at night knowing that they the, the the amount of advertising that they buy that a lot a, a lot of it is is a scam how how are they not policed on this or or you know uh i i, I don't understand i guess so frustrated with them on many levels. it is frustrating like one in uh, particular yeah it is i mean look between the company that i exposed last year that was one of the ones running the the fake ads around you and this company that we just exposed for for not delivering these face masks the two of them together spent more than $70 million advertising on Facebook. So unfortunately, the reality is that Facebook is getting revenue from these ads that are misleading for products that don't arrive. And Facebook will say, listen, we try to police it. We want to stop them. There are people at Facebook whose job it is to do this, but they are so big. There are 2 billion people on Facebook. There are so many ads running at any time. They're just too big for them to be able to fully police it. And that's why the average person needs to be really cautious of the ads they see for products and other offers on Facebook. So the same kind of thing applies if, you, if you're not sure, do some homework and make sure that it is a viable product. But you know, some of them you can't, it's hard to tell because they're so good at it. So the red flags again is the URL, that type of thing. And that, is there anything add, to add to that list? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is if you're seeing a product advertised on Facebook and you're considering buying it, you should get off of Facebook and you should search online for the name of that product. And you can even add the word scam or rip off to it and see if other people are complaining about not receiving the product or it's not like what was advertised. Just don't do every through Facebook and through what the company or the seller is claiming. You got to do a little bit about your own research. Move to the side, search online, see if you can find more about the product, about the company, about the celebrity that they're claiming about it. And that's going to give you a bit more information to factor in. Yeah. Online puppy scams. No. Tell me about that. Oh. Yeah. You know, this is a lot of people think this is a great time to go out and get a pet. Uh, and you know, I would encourage people to think about adopting a pet, uh, at this time. That's great. 
But here's the thing. Uh, as you go out and you search for puppies, as you search for kittens, there are people with ads on Kijiji or Craigslist or people who are running websites who are going to tell you about an animal, who are going to send you photos, they're going to send you videos, and they're going to ask for a deposit, and you are never going to get the animal. And this is a scam that predates the coronavirus. But because people are now at home, you've got folks putting ads on Kijiji and classified sites saying, yeah, you can have the dog, but you know what? You can't visit it because, you know, everybody needs to keep their distance. So they get people's money and then there's no dog or kitten there at all. Wow. Wow. That is sad. Now, the real estate scams. There was a comedian and actress that I, I found this article. Her name is Vicki Einstein and, and she encountered herself. She was looking at a place and then what happened? Take the story from there. Yeah, so uh, she she wanted to get out of her living situation and was looking online. Again, a lot of online classified sites and real estate sites would have listings. And it's similar to the puppy and kitten scam in that the photos look great. The place is priced really reasonably. Landlord seems great, sends more photos. But the problem is they tell you you can't go and visit it. So she, you know, she really needs to get out of her place. She thought the place looked great. She sends over her deposit. She shows up on what she think is, you know, to take possession of it. And it turns out someone else is already living there and had no idea that this scam was taking place with their apartment. So what's the red flag? What do we look for? I, I know some of the things you've talked about are applicable, but with real estate, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the big piece of it is to just realize that in real estate, especially in big cities where, you know, there's not a lot of supply and it's expensive. If you see an amazing deal on a beautiful looking place, you've got to have your antenna up right there. And the fundamental piece about all of this is that, you know, sending someone money who you've never met about a product, about an animal, about an apartment that you have never seen uh, is is a really, really dangerous thing to do. So you've got to figure out a way to meet somebody in person. You've got to figure out a way to be able to see it. You know, the good news is that a lot of provinces and territories are starting to open up a little bit. So you should really insist on seeing that apartment, seeing that animal in person as a fundamental thing. So before we wrap this up, there's so much. I could talk to you for hours. You know that I could. But I want to talk to you about, I mean, there's foreign lottery scam. There's romance scam. We'll, we'll talk about that in a future date. But Soliciting personal information, never should they ask for what, ever. Yeah, if you get an email that's telling you the Canada Revenue Agency or another government agency is ready to give you money because of the coronavirus or something like that, you need to be really wary of clicking on links that are coming in and making claims about that and saying, all you need to do is give, you know, your SIN number or, you know, fill out all of your address and your birth date and all those things. Because once a scammer has your SIN number, your address, all of these basic details, identity theft can happen. And in some cases, people are handing over their banking information and money is being taken out of their mm -hmm. bank account when they expect someone's going to be depositing into it. So just in general, be really wary of handing out your personal information. Be really wary of offers that you're seeing and getting in particular by email that are asking you to enter this personal information. If they're claiming it's from the government, you know, you can find a phone number, you can call the CRA, you can call the government agency. That's a really good way to just double check something before you start handing over info well craig so nice to talk to you today i just want to say to everybody uh, i don't endorse the skin care line um i am fascinated by how they're doing it. i know that in the future there are going to be other ways that they can do this it's scary to me we'll talk about that on a future podcast but just make sure that your family members know about 
not giving away personal information, double, triple checking to see if it's uh, a, a product. You have to do your homework before you sign up and just be wary out there. Is there another final thing you want to say before we wrap this up? You know, just, just taking that, remember that you're seeing the offer in one place, go search elsewhere. Don't just stay on that one place before you hand over your info. You need to go and search around a little bit. A few minutes of that caution could save you a lot of money and a lot of heartache. That's right. Craig, where can we follow you? I'm on Twitter at Craig Silverman. That's our show for today. Thank you, Craig Silverman. We really appreciate all the great information. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 